Okay. You can hear me? Good. Yeah, today's reading is a bit different from uh, normal. Uh, you're going to participate, so we'll have a responsive reading. Uh, yeah, please read together the parts that are in white behind me. So not the yellow parts, so I'll be reading those. And then uh, we'll read together the white uh, parts that come along. Today's reading is taken from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out, He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and uh, despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They they stumbled and there was no, no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in the trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, their utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in the trouble, and he saved them from the distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from their grave. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were um, merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a, a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up uh, to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, they Their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in the trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. 
He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they were found in a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards and yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their hands diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a, a trackless waste, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see there and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, thanks, Tom, for reading and Andy for praying. Uh, let's pray once more as we come to God's word. Uh, Father, thank you for this great, joyful psalm. Thank you for the joy of you being our rescuer. I pray that you would speak to us, speak through my weakness uh, to all of our hearts and uh, give us joy and confidence in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, yeah, and let's keep that passage, well, open that passage, I guess. Well, one more announcement. In two weeks' time, we'll have a baptism service, which will be... Does the sound okay? I hear a lot of noise. Yeah? Okay, I'll just go ahead. Okay, I think this is better. Yeah, great. Sorry about that. But yeah, we'll have a baptism service in a few weeks' time. Um, which Between the services. And I don't know about you, I, I love baptisms. It's always such a joyful celebration that, uh, you know, God has brought someone into the kingdom, uh, a few people. But uh, I don't know what you find the most encouraging about the service. I, I think for most of us, it's the, it's the testimonies, right? It's when people share, you know, their story. Well, what happened to them? How, you know, they were living like this. But, but, but then Jesus came and, and rescued them. And, and now, 
uh, what they have now. It's always such an encouraging story. You know, that they're powerful. Uh, even when we, you know, we train people for evangelism, what do people learn? Well, uh, how to share your testimony, how to tell what Jesus has done for you. Why are they so powerful? It's not really it's about us, right? It's about Jesus, but it speaks to people because, you know, this could be you. You know, what happened to me? Jesus can do that for you. Uh, he can rescue you. He can do this for you. Or with a baptism, I guess most of us, we are Christians. It just reminds me again, oh yeah, Jesus did that for me. And you know what life is like. We're, we're busy. and we, we have a long to-do list. And we are depressed about everything happening. And we forget. And then someone tells their story. And you think, oh yeah, Jesus is so good. Jesus rescued me. And it, it lifts your spirits, right? Uh, we know that. That is what it's like to hear stories. Well, as you heard in the psalm, that is what we're going to do today. Uh, this is about God, our rescuer. Uh, and this psalm is full of these stories of people who were rescued. Uh, and they celebrated. Maybe this was a Thanksgiving service in the temple. You can hear the joy, right? Give thanks to the Lord. He is so good. Look at all the ways that he's delivered us. He's rescued us. Well, that's what I want for us today. I, I want to encourage us with, you know, God's love, God's uh, as our rescuer, and so that we will, uh, that we will keep trusting Him. So, yeah, let's look at some of these stories, right? Because uh, you've heard a very repetitive uh, repetition, all these joyful stories, and always the same thing, right? Someone was in terrible trouble, terrible situation. They almost died, but they cried out to the Lord. And he delivered them. And, well, let's give thanks to his, for his steadfast love. Right? It's the same pattern. I don't know which of these stories spoke to you. I guess it's not necessarily our situation, right? I mean, first there were some people wandering in the desert. Uh, what does it say? Verse 4. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. You've seen movies, right? I guess you know what it's like to walk around. You know, no food, no drink for days. You're going to die. Well, they cried out. And, and God saved them. He made them find a place where they had to go. And they could settle. What a joyful deliverance, right? They, they were not dead in a desert. They, they had a home. Uh, people in prison... Uh, that some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. Prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands, despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Uh, people in prison for what they've done wrong. You know, not a comfortable prison where you can do a master's degree like in Western Europe. No, a deep, dark dungeon. And they were suffering there. But they prayed, and, and God got them out. I, I guess these stories don't speak much to us, right? We, we're, we're not in the desert, and I don't know how many of you have been in prison. But in sickness, right? Someone who is sick. Uh, it's a very reality in a lot of places in the world, right? 17. Uh, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They, they loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Here were people who had been sick, uh, something to do with their sin, and they were so, they couldn't eat, they were in pain, and, and their life was just ebbing away. But they 
prayed to God and he saved them. And you can imagine uh, being alive. And have you ever been so sick that you wondered about your life? Or maybe a family member. Maybe you remember a few uh, months ago, we prayed every Sunday because there were some of you and maybe your, your, your father or mother was in another country and they had cancer and they were doing so badly, right? And you, you know, didn't, could you go visit them? Well, quarantine may not even work. They may be dead by the time I get there. The despair you felt of death and, and then praying and the church praying and then the good news that, you know, it, it worked and they're, they're getting better. They're on the mend and you can go and see them next holiday. And what a wonderful story, right? You get the text messages, wow, praise God, my father's out of hospital. I don't know if you, feel, if you have that, huh? Maybe, I don't know, that's... How about storms? The fourth, fourth story, you know, people, you know, you can think of Jonah, you can think of Jesus and the disciples, but uh, some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep, for he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. You know, I guess you, this big storm, right? The little boats, back then no big ships yet. Uh, huge waves that were crashing and, well, they, they, they reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Where were you when the T10 had hit a few years ago? I don't know what your house was like. We had some friends on the 66th floor and they, were, they could feel their house moving. How would you feel? Uh, maybe you've been on a plane, stuck in turbulence or something. I remember once uh, we went on a study tour to the US. I flew from Holland with some friends. to. Uh, we were supposed to land in New York. There was such a big storm. Uh, we, we, we had to circle around for an hour before we... Well, we couldn't even land. Then we were diverted. And there was so much turbulence. They, they were running out of, you know, you know, these kind of bags that you vomit in? We were running out of bags. We had stewardesses going around the aisle. Does anyone still have a vomit bag left that someone can use? It was that bad. <laughs> I think a lot of people on that plane did not want to fly again, right? Uh, <laughs> in a little metal box in a big storm, 10 kilometers high. How would you feel? Well, some people, <laughs> it was answered prayer, right? God rescued us. You know, isn't it so wonderful when people tell such a story then, right? Did this happen to me? But, you know, God got me out. He, he saved me. <laughs> I, I'm alive. That's what these stories are about. Now, I, I guess many of these stories for us here in Hong Kong are not really real to us, right? We, we, we don't have these physical we were not really in mortal danger. I mean, we have brothers and sisters in the third world. For them, it's very different, right? Uh, a friend of mine was a missionary in Eastern Europe. And uh, he was having a Bible study. He was doing student work there. Well, Bible studies were not allowed. And one time they were having a Bible study and the police was knocking on the door suddenly. There, there was knocking and there was the police. And okay, we heard there's a Bible study and if we find Bibles, we're going to arrest you. The Bibles were right there on the table. And the police, okay, so where are the Bibles? Tell us. And then the police searched the house. <laughs> they were right there on the table. <laughs> and the police left again. <laughs> wow, 
these guys had a story to tell, right? Wow. God protected us. God, God delivered us. And, and isn't that such a great story to hear, right? And we love these stories because they, they encourage us. Look what God did. Now, maybe he doesn't do that for everyone, you feel, right? Okay, some parents got healed. Maybe your parent didn't. Well, we'll come to that in the third point. But you can imagine, we have a time of thanksgiving and everyone shares their stories. And of course, this is physical, but how about spiritual? Spiritual stories. Because in a way, all these stories are much more... There's a spiritual dimension to it, right? Why are people in prison and sick? Well, because of their sin. Why are people wandering about the desert? Well, it doesn't say it, but if you hear wandering about the desert, you think of the Exodus, right? You think of numbers. You think of people 40 years for their sin. How often do you think about how Jesus rescued you and what your life is like now? Jesus... God rescues. Sometimes I do that, and then I, I think, you know, 21 years ago, what was my life like? What kind of person was I? Uh, the drunkenness, the pornography, the, the arrogance, the selfishness. What if Jesus hadn't rescued me? Where would I be now? What kind of life would I be living? And then I'm so thankful, right? How about you? What would your life be like if, if, if you hadn't met Jesus? What, have you been delivered from fears? Now, I came from a you know, very irreligious background. How about a religious background? What if you were so afraid to meet God in judgment? I mean, think of Martin Luther. You know, before he discovered the gospel, and he was a monk, and he was so... He, he was afraid of meeting this holy God that he, he did everything he could to be, to be acceptable to him. And he, he confessed his sin for three hours a day, every tiny sin he could think of, because he just knew that he wasn't acceptable. And then one day he discovered the gospel, that you know, Jesus makes us righteous. And he was, paradise was opened for him. Is that your experience? All because of Jesus, all because of what he did on the cross. And how he took the punishment for our sin. I don't know, we don't really celebrate these stories enough, right? Some churches are really good at this. Some churches, always people are telling, look what God did for me, look what God did for me. And, and there's such an atmosphere of joy. We, I don't know, we, we're much more of a private church, right? We, we don't tell many stories. I mean, some of us just don't talk to people. You come to the service and you go home. and well, Of course not. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we shared more of these stories? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, you know, you, you start your links group and, hey, look what happened to me this week. Uh, I was thinking again about, I was struggling with this sin and I, again I, I came to God and uh, he forgave me. Isn't that wonderful? Wouldn't it be, be a much more joyful bunch if we that more of this. And there's one thing of homework, right, this week. Can you, can you share some story? Can you think, maybe just reflect, even very simple, what would your life be like without Jesus? And, and share that with someone else. And, and see how, you, and if they share with you, how do they feel? Uh, how do you feel? Now, all these great stories, all these stories about being rescued from sin, uh, from physical danger, 
wonderful. But what's the point of these stories? Why do we, you know, why share all these stories? Well, as we mentioned, it tells you something about God. Right? When you share this, you tell people, look, this is what God is like. And, and, and what is he like then? Well, from this psalm, it's not about his power. It's not about his, his almighty control of the water, those kind of things. What is it? Well, as you've heard, it's his, his unfailing love, his steadfast love. When people hear these stories, they should think, wow, God's steadfast love. I mean, look at these verses again, right? Verse 1. Uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good his love endures forever and four times let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love uh, last verse let the one who is wise ponder the loving deeds of the Lord now it looks different but it's all the same words uh, chesed uh, God's unfailing steadfast love now what is that it's clearly a very important word in this psalm well steadfast love is covenant love when they see these rescues, they think this is God's covenant love, his commitment, his unfailing commitment to his people. Uh, a bit like a marriage. You know, if you're married, you probably know. What kind of love do you want in a marriage? Some marriages, uh, they're based on, uh, well, a different kind of love, something about the other person. You know, this is such a beautiful woman, and I'm in love with her, and that's why I want to marry her. There's a problem with that, though, right? Uh, what if she is no longer beautiful? Then suddenly the foundation of the marriage is gone. That's why we have so many divorces. No, a real marriage, it, it's commitment, right? You, you marry someone and you say, I do, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. That is commitment. That is covenant love. And why is marriage like that? Well, because that's what Jesus' love is like. Just like you don't leave your spouse when they change, when they disappoint you, when they sin. God doesn't leave us even though we sin, even though we disappoint him, even though we fail, even though we are not worthy, even though we're not good enough. God loves like that. And, and that is the real thing. And I, of course, God's incredible love for sinners is sometimes misunderstood. Some people think, you know, oh, God loves me. He loves me always, whatever I do. Uh, therefore, I have an easy life. Of, of course, these people didn't have an easy life, right? They nearly drowned. They nearly died. It also doesn't mean that we can live whatever way we want. I mean, clearly, when these people sinned, God did something. He disciplined them, right? Uh, they got into prison. Uh, they got sick. God loves us too much to leave us as we are. He wants to change us. But he never gives up. He stays committed. And, and that's what we want, right? You know, if you're married, would you really want your spouse to love you because of who you are? I, I think there's such a pressure, right, to, to stay attractive enough, to stay, to stay good enough and helpful enough. Uh, a colleague of mine back in London... You know, he, he never wanted to get married because he wanted to leave when he could. That was uh, such a, you know, what a terrible attitude, right? Imagine his girlfriend. His girlfriend had heart problems. She regularly had to go to the hospital. Well, what if it was too much work for him? That he think, well, it's too much work. You're too much work. I'm going to get someone else. 
terrible pressure. No, with God we don't have that. God will never dump us. He will never let us go. He will always rescue. All these people, they get into trouble, God rescues them. They, they sin, God rescues them. God's steadfast love. And the thing is, these people needed to hear that. I mean, when were the Psalms written? When were they compiled into this one big book? As you heard last week, it had to do with the exile. And it was the darkest and most depressing time in Israel's history. After centuries and centuries of idolatry and sin and discipline, it, it, it was too much. They had to leave the land. God sent the Babylonians. They destroyed the country. They destroyed the temple, the city, all the people taken away thousand miles through the desert to Babylon where they were prisoners and slaves. You know, they, they lost everything. They lost their family. They lost their homes, uh, their city. They lost God, right? The temple was destroyed. Well, when everything is so dark, can you still trust God? Can you still hope in God? And the answer is yes. God's steadfast love. God's unfailing commitment. God loves you, and, and, and that will never change, right? That's why it's such a big thing in the Psalms. I mean, steadfast love. We, we, we know that as a Bible word, but where does it appear in the Bible? I thought I'd give you a graph. These are all the books of the Old Testament, and how often the word steadfast love appears. <laughs> There's one book that stands out, right? That's the Psalms. More than half of all the times, it's in the Psalms. And even then, it's not just all across the Psalms. Half of those are in book 5, the conclusion, right? Which starts with this psalm about a future salvation. Yes, uh, the wicked prosper. Yes, we're in exile, but God still reigns and we can trust his steadfast love. His love endures forever, constantly in the psalms. His love endures forever. And look at what he did in the past. Look at how he rescued us then. He rescued us then. He rescued us then. He's going to rescue us again. That's what this psalm is saying, right? God's steadfast love. And so, well, what is people's hope then? One day, we're going home. We're going home. And we talk about little rescues, you know, being rescued from the police, being rescued from sickness, uh, from a plane crash. The point here is going home. Yeah, that's what they wanted. Yes, it's nice if you're being saved from a storm. But ultimately, if you're in exile, what do you want? You want to go home. And if we just could go home, then everything would be good. There's my, my family and my land and my God and my community and, and, and the blessing. And everything is there. Let's go home. And, and that is what this psalm is saying. Yes, all these stories, but they have a, a bigger story around it about going home, the return from exile. I mean, you see that if you go all the way back to the beginning of the psalm, and even just before it, because this is the beginning of book 5, how does book 4 end? This is people's prayer. Save us, Lord our God, and gather us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name. Right? Gather us from the nations. And how does this psalm start then? Well, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands. And this is a psalm pointing to going home. And yes, they were in exile, but one day we'll go home. 
And that last part of the psalm is, there's no more rescues, but it's just a land, right? Let me read verses uh, 35 onwards. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased and he did not let their herds diminish. That is their hope. All pictures from books like Isaiah, but, but you hear it, right? People settled in the land, the hungry fed, the captives free, people being home, people being blessed, people being living with God. That's their hope. And, you know, they sing this psalm. They remember the past. They remember God's rescue. Well, he's going to rescue us again, bring us home. And, and it's the same for us, right? I mean, we are living in exile, the Bible says. Uh, we want to go home. When Jesus comes back and brings the new creation, uh, that is our great hope. And I think that's the answer when it says kind of, okay, you know, all these great stories of healing. Now, maybe you haven't seen this. Maybe, you know, your dad got healed and your dad didn't. Or, or, or maybe you were set free from sin and, you, and you're still struggling. Well, all the stories is kind of some, right? Some had this, some had that, some had that. But one day when Jesus comes back, we all have it, right? We all will be healed. We all will be free. We all will be blessed. We all will be, we, we have everything. And, and that's our great hope, right? Yes, it's a dark world. Yes, it's depressing, the politics and the pandemic and your own life. But look at God's goodness. And look back, you know, see how he's at work in your life even now. See what he's done for you already when he sent Jesus. And then look forward, right? Consider God's steadfast love. That, that's how the psalm ends. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. And remember God's love. Remember his commitment to you. And as you watch the news, as whatever happens, see his love. Uh, yes, it's a joyful psalm, but it's a joy in the midst of suffering, in the midst of this real world we live in. Let's keep going with this hope. Well, why don't we sing about that? We're going to sing. Music team's going to come up. And, uh, well, we, we hear these songs, right? So let's sing uh, forever. Uh, his love is...